Evolutionary Radio. This is your host, Trevor Kuritsen. We have a very interesting guest for you guys today. This guest you probably have not heard of. He is not a genetic freak. He is not a high-paid sponsored athlete. He is a guy who won his pro card by just grinding it out year after year. He's the epiphany of hard work. Steve, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, Dave Savino. Is it Savino or Savino? Savino. That's it. That's good. Sounds, it sounds Italian to me. Yeah, um, that's right. Hundred percent. <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself for our listeners who haven't heard of you yet. All right, great. Yeah. So, um, like they said, I'm, I'm Dave Savino. Um, basically, a little high level is um, uh, I had a buddy in college, uh, Anthony, who was always pushing me to compete and uh, would work on the poses with me. And then after college. Um, he, you know, was still pushing me to do it and um, told me about Vinny Galanti, uh, another pro bodybuilder who was in my area. Uh, so I met up with Vinny and um, he threw me in a show three weeks after I met him, came in second in uh, the Bantamweight class. Uh, a few months later, I did the East Coast Championship and I came in first in my class. And then he, uh, Vinny said to me, he said, Dave, if you do exactly what I say, uh, you'll turn pro in a year. And that's pretty much what happened. I did exactly what he said. Um, next year rolled around. I did the East Coast Championship again, came in first. And then a couple weeks later, I went to the Miami Nationals, placed second in uh, the Bantamweight uh, bodybuilding, and earned my pro card. So that's a little uh, brief overview. So how long were you training before you competed, though? Because you probably must have had a decent base if you got second at your first show. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had always – you know, I started training in the gym seriously, probably in college. Um, I, was, I would work out in the gym um, throughout high school. Uh, I had one of my older brothers um, show me the way, and that's how it started. And I played uh, baseball, so I'd work out with the team, things like that. But when, once I hit college, I would say it got serious, and I started really focusing on it and realizing how much that I loved and enjoyed um, being in the gym. Cool. So how, how, how many years, so when you won your pro card, was that in call? Was that just after college or like when you were? Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I probably, so if you go from, I was seriously training starting in college. So that was four years and then about five and a half years. Um, cause I got my pro card 18 months after, um, about 18 months after I graduated. Cause I graduated, then I met Vinny and 18 months later I got my pro card. So maybe about six years, probably about serious training. Um, and an- another thing I should note is I was, um, at first when I was in college, I was, I was very, very, um, stocky. Um, and I had, you know, I think I lifted a lot heavier, um, and I think that might have helped me develop some, uh, some muscle mass so that when I did, um, you know, compete and do the shows and I trimmed down, I had uh, some solid mass to, you know, to hold me over. Interesting. So that's, that's actually really good advice for uh, new lifters. Um, you know, I like to put new lifters usually who are young on like the five by five program just to build a nice base. And then when they get older, they can kind of sculpt themselves more. 
So, I mean, it sounds like that's pretty much what you did. So is that something you recommend for our younger listeners who are maybe, you know, 18, 20, 22, who are starting to get into weight training seriously? Is that something that they should kind of do their first few years? Yeah. So I agree and I, and I, and I disagree and I'll tell you why. So first of all, I think as far as training goes and, and the uh, five by five program, I think that's great for them to start. Um, but if there was one piece of advice that I could give earlier guys or tell myself, um, you know, when I was younger is that diet is a huge part of it. Um, I was, I was and eating the right foods cause I was caught up with, um, I had to consume a lot of calories. I had to eat all this food. Um, and, and it kind of backfired cause I had a lot of fat on me. Yeah, I was strong. I was big. I had a lot of mass, but if I would have trained the way I did and had a more structured diet, um, it would have benefited me more cause I would have had less fat on me and I probably would have had uh, even more solid muscle. Dave, that's, that's a really good point. Give us some quantitative numbers and things I listeners can take home. Like, what's your diet look like now? And then what did your diet look like then? Were you kind of just doing the college seafood diet, eating lots of burgers, eating you know, what was ever being served? Yeah, so, all right, yeah. So back in college, it was, it was basically, that's basically what it was. Um, I was eating a lot of, I would have a lot of pasta because uh, I felt that I needed a lot of carbs, um, burgers, crappy food. Um, and yeah, I was, I was a little overweight, um, because of that. And then I would say junior year, um, just something hit me and I was like, you know, I want to go to the beach this summer and I I don't want to be embarrassed to take my shirt off. Um, and I started studying, um, about food and everything. And I, and you know, then I went to an extreme of, uh, a caloric deficit of, of a thousand calories and I was eating chicken, um, and brown rice for the little carbs that I did have, but my main protein source was, was chicken. Um, and so that, you know, with that diet, I would, you know, I, I shredded down. Um, uh, but then like, as I met Vinny and I learned, um, I needed to eat more. Um, it was eating more of the right foods. So now my diet, uh, on the off season now, it's basically, I have six meals and, it's pretty basic to be honest. I have um, like a cup of veggies, five ounces of chicken or uh, steak, and then I'll have a cup of carbs, usually like uh, red potatoes or uh, brown rice. And um, so that's generally, you know, my first, you know, my first meal in the morning is usually eggs, uh, egg white, five egg whites and two, uh, two yolks. And then after that, I have four meals of, uh, of uh, veggies, protein, and a carb. And then at night, I have my protein shake. Pretty um, simple. I'm sorry? Pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, it's – and I don't, I don't count my, uh, my macros. Like A lot of people ask me, you know, how much, how much fat are you consuming? How much of this? How much of that? I don't know. I, I just go – basically, uh, what I do is, is I go by how my body feels and how, how I look. And I know I have it pretty much down to a science now where I know I'll eat my meals um, Monday, Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, I'll start feeling really fatigued and I'll start looking like really loose. My skin's hanging. And um, so then I figured out that Wednesday is the day 
I need to have, uh, you know, a cheat meal. So I have double cheeseburger, French fries or something like that. Um, and then Thursday I look good again. I go back to my meals Friday, back to my meals. And then usually Saturday is the same thing. I have a cheat meal, um, at night and it, you know, it holds me over. I mean, it's not, you know, it's, everybody's different. And I think this off season is been very successful for me because of, uh, the fact that my diet, I have everything down to my science and I know my body now. Good advice. What would you, what would you recommend for someone, a new lifter, you know, someone who's not like you and isn't in tune with their body. If you could go back and you could, you know, say Dave, the, the, the first year college guy, what advice would you give him on how to even start a diet? So what I would do, if I could go back, basically, I would, I would start with a protein and some carbs. And I would have carbs with all my meals for, I don't know, maybe three weeks, four weeks, see how it goes, and then just take things out. So I would take, take out some carb meal. If I, if I thought I was, wasn't losing enough weight, if I thought I was getting flabby, I would take out some carbs um, and then I would, I would recommend, you know, once you figure out what a good carb ratio is for you, um, you know, wh- one of the ways you can do that is just by how you feel in the gym. If you feel like you're lethargic, if you feel like you, you're not, you don't have any energy, then I would say maybe you increase your, your carbs, don't take them out. Um, and then I would honestly, as far as cheat meals go, I would just play around with it. I'd say start out once a week, having one on like a Saturday night and then, it's trial and error from there. You have one Wednesday night and you got it. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to look in the mirror and you have to say, okay, that didn't help me or that did help me. Um, and that's, and that's a hard thing to, to develop. It's a hard thing to be a, an honest critique of yourself. Cause a lot of guys can't handle the, you know, the fact that you can't eat cheat meals all the time. And a lot of guys will just say, Oh yeah, I look fine. I can have burgers. I can have this. Um, and that's where I think like a, like a coach, uh, comes in handy, like with Vinny, like if, like when I, when I, um, and am training or whatever, I just let him tell me, I don't think about it because when I'm, especially when I'm carb depleted and I can't think, um, it's a lot easier to have somebody tell me like, okay, yeah, you look like shit. Like you can't have another cheat meal. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's essentially trial and error to be honest. I was, I was just laughing to myself. I'm German. I'm sure it's the same with an Italian grandmother. But could you imagine having like a German grandmother as your coach? She'd be like, oh, you're all skin and bones. Eat, eat, eat. Yep. That's probably <laughs> the same thing, you know, with, a, with an Italian coach. That'd be funny. Yeah, you'd be, uh, you definitely have to eat a lot. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, Dave, tell, tell our listeners, like, what are your stats now? Like, right now, like, I know, I, are you planning on competing anytime soon? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, so I actually spoke with Vinny, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, and now that, you know, I recently got married, um, and I had, you know, a lot of things, you know, we needed to take two years off cause I needed to get bigger. Um, I did, I did the Baltimore pro right after I won my pro card, uh, the year later and I needed to be, um, a lot bigger than I was. So we knew I had to take some time off. So now I talked to him and I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't decided yet, but I'm going to do definitely going to do a couple shows in 2019. Um, and as of right now, um, like right now, how I am is I'm probably around 15% body fat. Uh, and my, my weights around 160. It fluctuates, 
Um, and to put it into perspective for you, when I was on stage, um, at all my other shows, I would be around 138 to 140. Like I was a bantam weight, so I was little. And then on the off season, I wasn't much heavier. I would be around like 145. Um, what, what's your height? I'm five, four. Okay. So that would make sense because I mean, uh, so would you, would you say being five, four is an advantage in, uh, in, uh, bodybuilding versus say someone who's in your weight class who's maybe five ten or five eleven? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's definitely, a, uh, for bodybuilding. And when I was, was it when I was an amateur, um, I think with NPC in the Bantamweight class, I think it was definitely, um, it definitely helped me. However, once I turned pro and I started doing, you know, they had the classic physique. So I started doing the classic physique being five, four. I mean, it didn't really help me at all. It actually put me at a disadvantage because my first show, I was standing on stage next to guys who were like six, five, like there was no, um, and it just, even if I was, you know, I was 140 pounds and they were, you know, they were probably in the 200s. I, I forget what the weight cap is for people that are like six, five, but just in general, it looks funny. You have a five foot, you know, I look like a midget and then you got like, you know, this guy next to me who's six, five, I just, it just looks funny. And I think it makes me look a lot smaller, um, than I, than I was. So that's, so that's one of the negatives, but, um, also the, the classic physique guys are a lot taller. Um, I think, if I do, you know, as I gain more mass, whatever, in the back of my mind, I always have the idea of going back to bodybuilding. And um, if I do, I think my height will definitely be an advantage to me again, as uh, I know a lot of the, the 212 guys are um, a lot shorter than 6'5". So it can work out. Hey. That, what's, what's the, by the way, what, what's the tallest Mr. Olympia ever? Do you guys know? I think it's Dorian Yates. I think Dorian Yates is about 5'11". Okay. Generally, they're they're all around five eight five nine. I know Jay Cutler's five eight five nine. Ronnie Coleman's five eight five nine. I think yeah. Sean Roden's five eight five nine. They're all that's kind of like the ideal height for a bodybuilder. Five eight. I know. I know. Lee Priest. He's not Mr. Olympia. Lee Priest. You know, was top five a couple of years, and he's only what five three five four. So. Yeah. yeah. So, Dave, were you were you working a job or in college the entire time when you're training and prepping and and winning your pro card? So if, yeah, so I, you know, I, I started when I started doing preps and all that, I was, um, it was after college and I was, yeah, I was working a job. Um, so that was another, another thing I had to adapt to. There was no more, you know, waking up and like, Oh, I have, I don't have class until three o'clock. I'm going to go to the gym for three hours. You know, it was more of like, okay, I have to work my ass off from, you know, eight, to five five thirty sometimes six thirty if I had to stay late, and then I have to you know have the energy have the motivation to not just you know to not go home at the end of the day, but to go to the gym and to train with the intensity that I did when I had sleep and you know less stress. Um, so and I and I think that was uh, a big factor and a big a big adjustment for me. I I was doing um, I actually had just um, started, uh, when I was, when I was doing my second show, the East coast championship, I had just started a new job and it was an office job and it was very difficult for me to, to eat my meals and to, to get my eating schedule down because I, I wasn't used to that. I was used to just being able to eat whenever I wanted. 
bringing my food in the car, like, and just getting it down to a routine. But having an office job, I had to adjust and I have to, you had to adapt to situations and uh, plan. You know, you have a meeting, you got to eat earlier. You can't miss a meal. So I think that was a big, um, a big learning, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, for me. Dave, do you have any tips? Because I know, I know what you're going through. Like sometimes I have to be at the university for 6 a.m. for blood analysis. You're there all day, 4.30, 5 o'clock, whatever your end time is. It, it, you know, the last thing you're thinking is I want to go to the gym and train. Do you have any advice for our listeners who are, you know, working at 8 to 5 or 7.30 to 4.30 or whatever? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's very important to, to stay motivated and to have realistic goals. So in terms of you and, and to plan. So what I mean by that is you can't go to the gym and just be like, ah, I'm going to do this, 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 or whatever. Go with a plan. I'm, I have the, I have, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. I'm tired from work, but I have to, I have to push through it for another hour and 15 minutes and have a plan of what you're going to do so that you can focus and get it done. And you're not wasting time. Um, because one of the issues I had was that I would go to the gym and I would be spending two hours there, two and a half, because I was, I was all over the place. I had no plan. And then by the time I got home, I was exhausted. And then I just, I hated going. So having a plan and, um, a pre-workout, I mean, I don't care if you're somebody who, oh, I can't have caffeine at night. I, I can't sleep, whatever. Then get something that has a low stimulant, but or amino acids or something, but have something to help you push through at night. And um, I would also highly recommend um, taking off days during the week. So what I do is uh, I know that the weekends I'm refreshed because I'm sleeping. I'm, I have more, uh, more time um, and it's, I have better workouts. So sa- I go to the gym Saturday and Sunday. Um, Monday I'll go after work. Cause in the beginning of the week, I'm still refreshed and, you know, I feel good. And then by Wednesday, um, I start feeling tired. So I usually take Wednesday off and then I usually take Friday off. So I'm really only going to the gym three days a week after work. Um, so it makes it a little easier. Now, when I, when I'm training for a show, um, it'll be a little different. I'll probably be going to the gym six days a week instead of taking two days off. So, but that's just a whole different, you know, you got to push through it at that point. I'll give a piece of advice and I'll let Steve jump in. One thing that I find really successful is that let's say it's Tuesday night, you're supposed to do back and you're just absolutely exhausted. Still go to the gym, do some light cardio, maybe do some stretching. And that's going to create that habit of I'm going to go to the gym. So even though you didn't go to the gym and lifted weights, just going there will create that habit in your head that, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym three days after work every single week or whatever. And then once you have that habit built up, then it's easier to say, okay, I'm here at the gym. I'll do a couple warm-up sets. And then once you've actually started that exercise, usually you can bust out a workout no matter how tired you are. But that's the advice I give to people is I always hear people say, oh, I'm exhausted. You know, I, I, there's no way I could possibly go to the gym and work out. We'll still go. Maybe just do some like cardio. Maybe like tell yourself, I'm going to walk on the treadmill for an hour and watch TV. Like who can't do that? And then once you have that habit, then it's really easy to, you know, convince yourself to actually get into weight training. I would agree. 
Tell um, State. Go ahead, Dave. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I was just going to say, I, I was going to say building a habit is a, a big part of it. So I think that's great advice. So following up on that building a habit, give us some advice. Um, you recently married. Trevor and I are not married. I'd say a lot of, um, you know, most of the United States isn't married. It's the first time in our country's history. <laughs> that's that's kind of weird. But <laughs> give us some advice. Those that, you know, are in relationships or recently married or been married. How do you juggle, you know, taking care of your, um, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever, juggling a relationship? Um, is that something that, um, you know, you kind of have to work on or is that something that she's supportive of and she's kind of like, no, go ahead, you know, and go, you know, go hit the gym. I'll have dinner ready at seven. Don't worry. You know, how do you juggle that? What's some tips on that? Yeah. So for me, it's, I mean, my best of my, you know, a tip I would give is to find a, a girl or a man, you know, whatever, who supports you in your endeavors and who wants you to succeed and understands that you going to the gym and you training is not neglecting them. It's just, this is your passion. This is what you love to do. And it's a part of your life. This is who you are. So they need to accept you for who you are um, or else it's definitely not going to be a good relationship. Um, I think as far as juggling both, um, especially with work. So that another thing comes into play where I only go to the gym three nights a week and then I'm home, you know, right after work, two nights a week. So those are the nights where we'll have uh, movie night um, and things like that and, and make sure we spend time together. And on the weekends, um, we're always spending time together. I actually train with my wife uh, on the weekends. Um, we'll go to the gym together and, and train. And, we're, you know, so I think, I think it's just that you got to find the balance. And you also have to find, you know, uh, a significant other who – you know, appreciates it and understands. And that's not so, you know, that's not so easy. I had, I had a girlfriend who, uh, in college who, who broke up with me because she said, I loved the gym more than I loved her. And you know what? She was probably right. So <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love my wife more than I love the gym. I'll tell you that, but, um, she, she accepts it and she understands. She doesn't give me shit for it. She doesn't, um, you know, oh, you're going to the gym, like, you need to hang out with me. No, she, she gets it, and she accepts me, so then that makes it easy. Where did you meet your wife? That's a good topic. Oh, I, we met at, uh, at college, the University of Scranton. Okay, where, where in college? Library, class, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, actually, so it was, you know, I had actually met her friends at a party, and then – I met her through them at, you know, one, I met her, I met her friends on a Friday night at a party. And then the next night they came out uh, with me and my friends again, and they brought my, my wife uh, now her uh, name's Cassie. And um, then we, that's when we first met. And then we didn't really, we didn't start dating until a year later. Um, and it just happened again. I saw her at a party. So um, not that I condone partying or drinking, but um, I was in college and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you do now? Obviously being, you know, very disciplined with bodybuilding, alcohol is something you don't consume. What, what's your advice for, you know, office parties, especially right now it's Christmas party time. What, what do you do then? So I, I'm actually, I actually, um, I'm a little different. I have a little different viewpoint than most people on this. I, I do consume alcohol. Um, I actually love 
um, craft beer. And I'm, I, I just find my balance. I'm not, I don't condone going out and drinking every night or getting, um, you know, drunk to the point where you're throwing up. I think on the off season, that is, I think it's okay to have um, a beer on the weekends. Okay to have a glass of wine at a, a company party. Um, I, I'm not saying you should, you should have a drink every night. I'm not saying you should go crazy. Um, if you don't want to, then don't, but I don't think, I think a lot of, you know, when I was, when I competed, um, and I, you know, it was three years in a row, I was doing shows, you know, all the time. And even if I had an off season, it was like for a few, like, you know, four months and it just wasn't like a real off season. Um, and now that I had two years off, I realized there was all these things, um, that I never did because of competing. You know, I just was so, even on the off season, I was so strict. I wouldn't have a drink. I wouldn't do this. And I think that you need to live your life. I think that you need to enjoy yourself. I just think, um, you need to be realistic and you have to be very disciplined with how much you indulge, um, in, you know, alcoholic beverages. Cause it, if you have too many, then no, it's going to, it's not going to be good for you. And it's going to have negative side effects, negative side effects on your weight gain, negative side effects on your muscle growth. Um, but I do not believe that us, you know, having them every now and then is, is bad. I think it's, I think it's okay. It's really good advice, Dave. We live in a society in black and white and I agree with you. Moderation is, is, is the right course of action because are you never going to drink again for the rest of your life? I mean, you could, but that's pretty impractical. Right. And, and that's, that's the issue we have with bodybuilding is that, people view things as good or bad, right? Like this food is bad. I've never eat that bad or whatever. Right. And that's one of the issues I have with the ketogenic diet is, you know, I think the ketogenic diet does have its merit and especially with, you know, trying to reverse the diseases and things like that. It is very effective, but people on the ketogenic diet then demonize carbs as bad. Are you never going to eat a potato the rest of your life? You, <laughs> that would like, suck. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And, and it's vice versa. Like if you're on like the low fat diet, are you never going to eat a handful of almonds the rest of your life? Like you really right. need a big picture with all this stuff. No, no, exactly. I, I think that's, I mean, like I said, if, if you don't, if you're somebody who for whatever reason you don't like carbs and you don't want to eat them, I guess fine. Good for you. Um, but I don't think that's most people. Same thing with a, with a beer or with um, a glass of wine or whatever. Like um, I, th I think it would do more harm than good because you'd be even more miserable when you were prepping if you couldn't indulge when you weren't prepping. Um, and I think that would just have a negative effect on your mental state and, and your, your willpower. So it works easy for me. Cause I don't, I don't like alcohol. So I never did. I don't, I don't know. The first time I had beer, I was just like, this shit's disgusting. So it's like, I haven't drank this. <laughs> but tell well, us a little bit about, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> like it, yeah, then fine. That's easy. great. Have you ever used any of the Alzheimer's drugs like Adderall? No, why would I? You, you would you'd fucking love Adderall. I took half a time <laughs> once. Um, anyone, anyone who's like a hard worker, oh my God, like I love like the focus and like the, the focus supplements, like the anotropics. Mm -hmm. Dude, on Adderall, like you're so focused. I was writing lists, like I'm gonna run for prime minister. I'm gonna like, like eat. <laughs> Don't, don't ever try it because you'll get hooked. Like yeah, I did it once funny. and I'll never do it again. Yeah. But it's like if you're a hardworking guy and you're someone who like likes to focus and likes organization, if you take Adderall, like oh, you'll it's like the greatest thing ever. That's funny.
I, I swear guys in their 20s are like on every drug under the sun for everything. It's so funny. Like they need a drug just to study for, for homework. It's like when I was in college, I had a test. I fucking studied for it. Now it's like every young kid has to take like an Adderall just to study. Like what the fuck's going on in society? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, When I used to study for tests, I would um, – I would take, I had pre-workouts. That was what I would do. <laughs> and I'd be up till like four in the morning and that was it. I would, you know, I had my whole routine. I'd be up late. I'd take like three scoops of, you know, Jack 3D and, you know, the, <laughs> sometimes four. I think, I think it's all these electronics, like iPhones and stuff and porn. And it's just like, it makes everyone like ADHD. Everyone can't focus, you know? Like, I mean, that, that could be it. I mean. Yeah, I really do. Cause like, you, like these young kids, like 10, 12 years old, they're like hooked on video games now. So I well, that's why. Are you, are you on Instagram, Steve? Like you literally scroll through and it's like a different photo every second. Yeah. It's no, literally I'm like, not. It's I, I, I'm like almost 40 and like the whole social media thing, like I was all too old to get into it. Like the MySpace thing, like I was like two or three years ahead of too old. Like people who are two, three years younger than me got into that whole shit. So I never got into it. So plus like, you know, I don't like, uh, like with all the like crime out there and people stealing identities, like I don't, I don't want to do that. So but, um, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know? That's just how it is. I, I feel bad for young people, to be honest with you. Like, I would hate to have all my shit out there at that age, you know? Because someone's talking shit about you. Oh, you know, so, you know, calling you a slut. If you're a girl, if you're a guy, they're, like, bullying you. It's like, I would hate to be on social media. It's, so it's a good topic for Dave because we know you're on social media. Like, do you ever get like like some negative uh, people like sending you stuff? Like, what do you think about all this uh, in the fitness world? Like all this bullying that that goes on. So yeah, that's actually a good point. I was gonna actually uh, mention that. So I'm glad you brought it up. I, I uh, personally, I, every now and then, I'll get like some weird messages or, or or people like you know saying some negative stuff. I I don't get much of that. A lot of what I get is is positive. But also, like, you know, my social media, my Instagram, like, what, I have 1,200 followers. Like, I'm not – I don't have 40,000, you know, or, like, 100,000 followers like some of these pro bodybuilders do. And I'm sure they get it a lot worse than I do, um, especially even in the comments. Um, and I, I just don't agree with that. I think not even just from, like, oh, don't bully people, but, like, for bodybuilding and, and people in the fitness industry, anybody in the gym – you know, we're all there for, to better ourselves and to, um, you know, for self-esteem for, um, you know, you know, to, you know, obviously to grow muscle and all that, but we're all there for the same reason. And I just don't, I don't agree with that. I, I just don't know why people would try to put other people down who are probably trying to do the same thing that they're trying to do. Um, and I think also it's cowardly to be talking shit, you know, via social media, even though everyone does it. And I, I try to um, stay out of that. I don't, um, I don't write negative comments. I don't message people negative things. Uh, and, I mean, I never, I wouldn't anyway. But um, you know, I, I just, even if I, for some reason, thought somebody looked like shit, or you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say anything, or I would say it to their face, like, hey, like, you know, I just want to let you know you look like shit. You know. <laughs> Do you want to know which social media icon? had the most negative comments by far like by a landslide there wasn't even a comparison who rich piano oh i could see it if you ever look at his youtube if you look at the comments 
They're mm-hmm. horrible. Like, I'd say 95% of mm-hmm. the comments are bad. Like, you look like a freaking cartoon character. Like, can yep. you even wipe your ass? Your arms are so full of oil. Like, but he, he has gone on record saying, you know what? All those haters help me. Because right. he said the worst thing that can happen is that if I make a video and no one comments on it, I'm done. He said bad publicity is actually better than good publicity because you have those haters and you have your fans who stick up for you. It creates traffic and then it creates all these commas and that video goes viral. Yep. I, I remember now that you mentioned that, I, I remember I used to read, all, not all the comments, but I would read and I would be like, I, I can't believe people are saying that shit. Like, like, can you even wipe your ass? Like, I remember seeing all those things and just being like, shit, like, are people going to say that about me one day? Like, <laughs> well, the thing is, people look at Rich Piana. He, they know he's he was successful, super successful, super popular. He got beautiful women. He was rich. He looked. He was a huge guy. He had huge muscles and everything. So people yeah. make the assumption that they can say stuff like that to him, and it won't hurt his feelings. They assume that he'll just brush it off like nothing. But we've had these people on the podcast who are really close friends with Rich Piana who said that Rich Piana was a very sensitive guy to the stuff and he hurt, you know, he was in a lot of pain from this negativity he had to deal with. So, you know, like this is something to look at guys, like, you know, even in person or something, someone at work or someone in school that is being bullied or whatever and being put down, even though maybe they, you know, give you shit back and stuff at the end of the day inside, you know, they may be in a lot of pain and you, you could be like hurting them. I look back, you know, I bully people, like in school and stuff, you know, years ago. And I look back and I was just like, wow, I was an asshole. Because those people, you know, uh, you know, uh, even though they brushed it off, whatever, but, you know, I wish I would have, you know, came back. But you guys got to realize, like, you know, these people have feelings. They're not robots. So pro athletes, same thing. I mean, these mm-hmm. people, you know, you talk shit to them, but if you go to a training camp and you see them in person, everyone's like, kissing their ass oh can you sign my you know jersey can you shine my helmet can you sign, give me an autograph no one says shit to them in person but they talk shit on the internet that's the problem with the internet that's my beef with like social media and stuff you know no i yeah i agree and honestly i never had the opportunity to meet rich but i'm sure i've heard you know and i'm sure he was a really nice guy and uh it's a shame that people you know feel the need to say those things like that you know because if they ever you know it's sometimes you you might think something in your head and then, or might think somebody's like an asshole just because of the way they look or something. And then you meet them and you end up, Oh, this is actually, he's actually a really nice guy. Like, you know, and then you become friends. Like I've had situations like that happen to me just in general, not just with bodybuilding, but in, in general. So I just think it's, um, I don't think it's okay. And I, you know, I wish it would stop, but you know, I don't know. You, you live in the Instagram generation. Let's face it. Are you feeling sp- pressure to you know try to make yourself an instagram whore and then you know post 50 fucking things on your story every day to try to get sponsors um i mean i did honestly like um i did at one point after i turned pro i felt pressured to do that because i felt like all these guys who you know weren't even pros like just guys who had you know twenty thousand followers on instagram you know allegedly were they real or fake you know who knows but um, all these guys had sponsorships with all these companies and I didn't, and I was a pro bodybuilder. Um, and then over the years, I just, I learned and I realized I was like, um, you know, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And there'll be a time like, you know, 2019 when I come back and 
people notice me and things will happen and I'll earn it and I'm not going to have to sell my soul to, uh, you know, Instagram and putting up, you know, or buying followers or hiring people to do my marketing for me, things like that. Like, I think that it's gotten out of hand. I don't, and I, I'm not saying that some of the people, you know, who aren't pros and have sponsorships, I'm not saying they don't deserve it, but what I've seen, there's just a lot of people who I'm just like, how does this person have a sponsorship? And, And I don't, you know what I mean? This person did one show just because they have all these followers, you know what I mean? So I mean, I think the sponsorships is for free product. I mean, like you bet the sponsorships is just for free product. I mean, yeah. when you bet Jim, Gymshark, they're just sending you a couple tank tops and a couple, yep. you know what I mean? Like people, people think that these professional bodybuilders who are sponsored by whatever are making thousands of bucks. Those days are dead. Those days are done. They're never coming back. If yeah. you're actually getting paid money, you're in like the 0.1%. Most of these sponsorships are, Hey, we'll give you 500 bucks in free product every month. You have to do a minimum of three posts per week. You have to post one product image in your story every single day. I mean, if you add it all up, they're paying you like a buck an hour. Yep. That's pretty much, I mean, that's a good way to sum it up. And I started thinking about it and, um, it's, I don't know. It's not worth all the stress and the hassle. Like I have to be sponsored. You know, when a company truly believes in you, um, like I have, like I get my meals from meal dealers. Um, and they, you know, I have had a lot of companies approach me and give me all, try to give me all types of deals for food. Um, and with meal dealers, it was a friend of mine who I had known years ago. And um, the company, you know, they actually, they believe in you and they, they, they want me to do good. Um, and they're excited that I'm going to compete in 2019 and they're happy to help me. Now, a lot of other companies I worked with, I'm not going to mention any names, but before that, it was all about, okay, uh, hey, Savino, you didn't, you didn't post, uh, you know, three posts uh, last week. So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to hook you up with that many meals this month or this week or whatever. And it was, it was more about that and not about, okay, hey, like we, we want to help you succeed. We want to help you do good because if you do good, we do good. You know, that wasn't, they weren't thinking of the big picture. It was just petty things like that. And, uh, it's just, it's annoying. Yeah, I, would, I would take a meal prep sponsorship over a supplement sponsorship any day, man. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, I'm very fortunate meal dealers. They, they take care of me and, um, I don't take it for granted, but, um, I also help them out any way I can, um, because I see, you know, that they actually care about me. They're not, they don't, they're not breaking my balls. If, uh, I don't post something, you know, one week or whatever, you know, it's, it's more about just, you know, working together, um, to, to for both of us to succeed that their company and for me to succeed. Um, and I agree. I mean, um, I also, I use, um, I use a lot of G code, the G code products. Um, and Vinny actually, um, introduced me to, to Greg, um, who runs the company. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why I use their products is because Greg is a, um, a great guy and he, he actually, you know, cares about people and it's not just about bottom dollar. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, but I still use their products because, um, just in general, like he's a great guy and it's not all about, you know, money and, you know, things. So. Cool. So, you know, we'll definitely in your show notes, um, you know, link your Instagram page. You guys can kind of learn more about them. 
Um, you know, we got about 15 minutes left, but the big question is a lot of our listeners, obviously, you know, everyone wants to build more muscle and lose fat. I haven't, you know, seen anyone uh, come on the forum ever and be like, yeah, I want to put on uh, fat and lose muscle. So give us some tips, give you know, some guys out there tips. Cause I mean, you came, you know, um, from a modest background and you succeeded quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. and along the way you've learned a lot and you've had some excellent coaches that have helped you. So give us a couple tips on diet and a couple tips on training that guys can adjust that you feel like, you know, when you're at the gym or, you know, you talk to friends, what they're eating or whatever that they're doing wrong, that they can fix easy fixes. They get their shit on the right track to build more muscle, lose fat. Okay. Yep. That's a good question. So in terms of uh, diet, um, so I would say that you got to get, you know, I tell a lot of people this, you, you can't do, you can't, you know, get bigger and get cut at the same time. Um, so I would recommend that you focus on one or the other. Um, and now in terms of gaining more muscle mass, I would say you're still eating your meals, you know, um, six meals a day, you know, protein, veggie and carbs. And, but I would have, um, you know, one and a half or two cups of, of carbs with each meal. And the carbs I would use with brown rice, um, sweet potato or, um, regular or red potatoes, or regular potatoes. Um, and that's what I would do because what, because you're going to, you're eating more food, you're eating more carbs, you're going to gain more weight, you're going to gain more muscle. Um, you're not eating, you know, burgers and McDonald's and all this crap all day. So you're going to minimize the fat intake. I would also recommend still doing cardio on the off season. Like I still do 15 minutes, um, before or after, uh, usually three or four, you know, days a week before or after my workouts. Um, and that'll also help minimize, you know, your, you know, how much fat you gain, um, and help you keep on the muscle. Um, so as far as cutting goes, when you decide that you want to cut and you want to minimize how much muscle you're losing, um, what's always worked for me has been, uh, you know, just carb cycling, doing a simple, like a rotation of, uh, low carb date, like one day, low carbs, and then three or four days, uh, high carbs, seeing how that goes for a couple of weeks and then going, you know, three days of low carbs and then just one day of high carbs for like, you know, four or six weeks. Um, and so it's been a method that has worked for me and also adding in, you know, double or even triple the cardio um, when the time comes. So those are simple, um, but yet effective uh, methods that I would recommend anyone tries before they go crazy and, you know, trying to find all different, uh, diets on the internet and all different things. Like I would, I would go and try those. So what about at the, at the gym? What are some people doing wrong at the gym? Cause, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they really try. I mean, they go to the gym three, four or five times a week for an hour and maybe they're not getting the results. Like, you know, what, what are something that they can maybe do that they're doing wrong or what's something they can do different to yeah. kind of get some, some results going. So I would, there's, there's a few things. So I would say the one thing is a lot of people are doing the same thing. Um, and the, the muscles are getting used to it. So a lot of guys are coming into the gym, doing the same routine, the same workouts, you know, week after week, after week, after week, they're getting stronger, but they might not be seeing the results that they want to see. And it's because the muscles getting used to it. So I would recommend always switching up your, your workout, what you do, the exercises you do and the rep ranges and the intensities, 
Um, you know, some days you go in, you're going to do, you know, high, high reps, 20, 20 reps, other days go in and just do eight reps and focus on lifting a little heavier. Um, always switch it up and keep your muscles guessing, keeping your muscles guessing they're, you know, they're going to grow. That's always been something I lived by and it's always worked out for me. Um, and that was by trial and error. I didn't always, you know, train that way. Um, Another thing is I think a lot of people in the gym, um, especially with social media and everything, they want to film themselves like lifting all this heavy weight. Oh, I'm the strongest person. I benched, you know, 500 pounds, regardless of the fact that they're not, you know, going down all the way or, any, you know, and they're doing half reps. But um, I think that a lot of people for, don't have the mind-muscle connection. Um, for me, when I'm in the gym, it's a big, big factor is my focus. And that's why I have headphones. That's why I don't talk to people because I really focus on feeling the squeeze and feeling the muscle. And that's one thing that actually, um, Vinny, you know, uh, you know, pointed out to me when I, cause I would train and I would be throwing weight around and not necessarily always focusing and feeling the muscle move and work. And when you do that, you might not be able to lift as heavy or show off on social media, but you're going to shock your muscle and you're going to work it better and it's going to grow. Um, so those are some of the, you know, the big things I see going on, uh, in the gym. Uh, you know, another thing is I, I, you know, I think a lot of people just half-ass it. They just don't, you know, there's, there's guys who just don't work hard. Like they say, they've been going to the gym. They say they've been doing everything, but like, are, you know, I watch them in the gym. Are they really, really, really training hard? No, they're like, all right, I'm doing, you know, a set of eight and that's it. I'm going to do this. Like they're nonchalant about it. And if you really want to grow, you really want the, those results, you're not just doing eight reps. You're not stopping when you start feeling a little burn. You're doing 10 reps after that burn. You're doing 20 reps. After, you know, you're taking it to the next level because that's, you know, that's how you're going to grow. And I mean, you've heard the saying, no pain, no gain. And it's true. You know, you're not in the gym and, you know, never feeling sore, never feeling that, you know, lactic acid buildup, the burning. No, you're feeling that and you have to push through it and keep going. And then you're going to grow. Mike yeah, that's Hamilton. a good point. I, I was going to say that's a good point because I was working out with someone uh, and they were doing some ab crunches. They're like, oh, I feel it burning. And they stopped. <laughs> they stopped their set. And I'm like, uh, you're, you're supposed to feel the burn. It's like, keep going, you know? But they're just like, some people just don't grasp that. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Go ahead, what Tyler, I was going to say is my, uh, my grandma used to brag about going to the gym every day. She'd, she'd tell all of her ladies at church, you know, I go to the gym every single day, never miss a day. She'd ride the bike for 20 minutes and sit in the hot tub for half an hour. (laughs) 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 To to be fair, I mean, if, when you're 70, like if you're just going to the gym, like that's an accomplishment, but yeah, she, she, she'd watch the, she'd ride the bike for like maybe 20 minutes while watching days of our lives and then sit in the hot tub for half an hour. (laughs) Hey man, I, when I'm, when I'm 70, I'll probably be doing the same thing. I'm going to, I'm going to be the old naked guy in the gym in the gym locker room. Just like just walking around, stretching my stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Love those guys. Look, a lot of people just like going to the gym just to get away from home. I mean, you got a roommate, an annoying roommate at home. You just want to get the fuck away. So that's their cool. way. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say also Dave, um, finish that with your thought, but also tell us motivating. What are some motivating factors in your life? Like for me, nice music, like some new music that I hear on Sirius satellite, I'll come home, download it, stick it on my thing. 
take it to the gym with me. That shit pumps me up. Like, what are some motivating things, tips that you can give people? Go ahead. Yeah, especially, especially now that you're married. Because, I mean, me and Steve, we want to get bitches. So, like, that's why we go. But you're married. So what's your motivation? So oh, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, so, okay. So I, my motivation comes from uh, a few different places. Um, so, you, you know, guys like, um, obviously, uh, like Vinny, seeing him come back the way he has. And, you know, he's, you know, 51 and he looks great. And he had shoulder, shoulder surgeries and he's still pushing through. Um, so that's a motivation for me. Um, another, another, uh, motivating factor. My wife, um, has type one diabetes. So seeing over the, you know, over the years, um, her various, her struggle and her will to continue to be healthy and continue every day to, to, uh, you know, stay healthy, keep her sugars in range and to see all the, um, hardship she goes through with that but she still stays positive and is still motivated to, to you know to be healthy um that motivates me um and then so another thing is just to better myself um you know i think back when i you know first decided i wanted to meet Vinny and, and decided i wanted to compete and i think to myself you know what if you didn't do that okay so that's that's what i'm always thinking to myself what if I didn't go, what if I decided to stop lifting and not go to the gym? You know, it's, it's not going to happen because I know that three years from now, four years from now, five years from now, I'm going to look back at those moments where I thought about stopping or thought about not, you know, continuing to train. And I'm going to be like, you know, thank God that I decided to keep going because look at all I look at all I did, look at how I succeeded. Um, so, so my motivating factor you know, I, I guess, you know, single guys, you go in and you're like, you want to get the girls and, um, and that's great. I was the same way in college. Um, so I understand that, but now it's turned into more of a, you know, I want to see how far I can get. I want to see how successful I can be and how, um, how much I can better my physique. Um, so, you know, and then I have obviously music, um, I think that's a big part of it too. You got You got to get in your zone. I mean, honestly, the days, um, most of the time, I don't even know what songs I listen to because I'm so focused on the training. Um, the days when I, when I, I actually know what, what, what songs are on. Those are the days where, um, I don't train that well because my focus isn't there. I'm not in the zone quote unquote. And then I usually, you know, take an off day cause I know that I need to, I need a little break. Um, I, I, think, I, think, I think most guys get into weight training for egotistical reasons, right? They want to look good with their shirt off. They want to get girls or anything like that. Then once they start weight training, they realize how much more they get out of it. They realize, you know, the self-fulfillment you get out of it. And we all have stress in life. doesn't matter what every person has stress. doesn't matter what you do for a living, whether you're a student, whether you're working, whether you're married, whether you're single, and I think the biggest benefit of weight training is that that's the time you can turn your brain off and it can just be that stress outlet for you. Yep. That's a big factor. Um, you know, releasing stress and also just, you know, like you said, turning your brain off and getting away from everything. Um, that was always a big thing for me. Um, I never wanted to be bothered in the gym. I turn my phone off. Um, I don't talk to anybody. Uh, you know, I'll say hi to people occasionally, but I think that's a big part of it. And that was a big part of it, you know, for me as well. Um, probably, to be honest with you, probably even more so than 
the egotistical side of it. Um, I mean, that was a factor, but I just, you know, I just wanted to be there and just, you know, get away from everybody, everything, just leave me alone. This is my time. I'm in a gym. You know what I mean? I really feel like the gym environment is so crucial too. If you really want to take shit to the next level, cause I'm working out now at some old folk, old folksy, you know, gym. And it's like, I go in there as like two or three old people there. And it's just like, I can't, I can't push, you know? So I went from being at a meathead gym. I go there, there's fucking, you know, some like serious fucking people there. And that shit pumps me up. You walk in there, you got the environment. Everyone's serious. You know, most of the people there are serious. The ones who aren't just know to stay the fuck out of your way. You know, do you notice the same thing? Like, what kind of gym are you working out at that you find the most success? Yeah, so I I started out uh, working, you know, I would work out at just, you know, one of the chain gyms um, back, you know, when I was training for shows. Um, And then over the years, um, once I, you know, was training for nationals, I I realized, you know, you got to be at a gym and in the environment is very important. I would train at Vinny's gym at the time, the training station. Um, and, you know, you could, you could train to that point of, you know, exhaustion. You know, you could scream if you had to on your last three, four reps. And like, you know, there would be people there screaming for you to keep going. Um, and I, and I think that's the type of environment you need to be in for, you know, uh, to take it to the next level. I'm not saying you should be screaming every second, but I think you have to be at a gym where it's okay. If you know, you're in a lot of pain and you let out some grunts and towards the end of the, of the, of the reps. Um, and so right now I'm, I have a, you know, I'm training at a gold's gym in my area and, um, you know, you have the serious lifters, but you, there's also, I mean, honestly, there's also a lot of people like, um, you know, like a lot of, there's older people who go there. And, um, so it's not just like hardcore lifters. Um, but it's also not just a few old people, like you said. So <laughs> you gotta find the, the you gotta, you gotta people there to motivate you. One of my favorite memories is that I used to work out at hardcore gym and my friend, Noel, um, I was in engineering with him. He wasn't into lifting weights or anything. And he, he really wanted to get into it. So I'm like, yeah, sure. You can come if you, if you want to come work out with me. So we're doing legs and he's on the hack squat. And he's literally screaming at the top of his lung. <laughs> Fuck me, Jesus. Fuck me, Jesus. And like the entire gym is like staring at us on the hack squat. Like any other gym but hardcore gym, we would have both been like banned on the spot. But yeah, that was that. Uh, don't, go, don't go to Planet Fitness and do that. <laughs> oh my God. I and the funny thing is he's just this like scrawny 120 pound guy he's got like tens on each side and he's just like screaming at the top of his lungs like, uh, dave finish up the show letting us know what are your plans on your next competition um so i'm thinking i'm gonna uh, try to do a show early um in you know early 2019 in the spring or the summer um, I don't know, I don't know what show I'm going to do yet. I, I'm going to decide that after, uh, Christmas I've given myself till after Christmas and then I'm going to start thinking about it. Um, but you will see Dave Savino on the pro stage in 2019, uh, that you can be sure of. Drop your Instagram. I'll also have it in the show notes for our listeners. Okay. It, yeah. It's, um, it's Davey Vane's, um, 
underscore. Wait, what is it? <laughs> I gotta look it. It's Davey Vane's underscore IFPB Pro. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Where do you get Davey Vane's? Why isn't Why is your Instagram like Dave Savino? Um, I always had Davey Vane's. Actually, my dad came up with that name. Um, I used to people used to call me Vane's because when I um, when I tread down, I, I have you know veins popping all over the place. So I got that nickname in, um, in college when I um, when I trimmed down. And then my dad one day we, I was at dinner um, with Cassie actually the first time that um, that she met my parents and I was telling my yeah I'm gonna be a bodybuilder and then my dad just all of a sudden was like yeah you're gonna be Davy Veins and I said oh I kind of like that and then I uh, you know made it my Instagram and then it just stuck and then like yeah so now it's Davy Veins underscore IFBB Pro you were right okay well, we'll be seeing Davy Veins on a pro show sometime next year. For your host, Trevor Kritzen, and for my co-host, Steve Smee, this has been another episode of Evolutionary Radio. Live your life, look good doing it. Thanks for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.